Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You are very welcome to the Ireland's Birth Stories podcast. My name is Cora Gernon. I created this space for women to share all of the details surrounding their pregnancy, labour, birth and everything in between without feeling shy about the detail. Sit back and enjoy over 100 hours of birth stories told by you, the listeners. Enjoy. Hello, I hope you've all had a lovely week. I have. I spent some really nice quality time with my family, which was much needed for us all. But I'm straight back into a really busy week with the podcast of lots of recordings and lots of amazing birth stories to share with you over the next couple of weeks. As I mentioned, I'm not sharing a new birth story this week, but I'm sharing one that I think is pretty fitting for the month ahead. So as we you know, it's June, uh, Pride is coming up in the next couple of weeks. So I wanted to share my chat with Joe and Katie, episode 92. A little voice note that I want to share with you first is one that Katie sent the day after we had our chat. And it's a really nice voice note. I shared it in the original podcast and I think I want to share it here too for you to enjoy. So listen to this and then I'll share some details of our chat. Hey Cora, um, it was great chatting to you last night. Uh, just wanted to say thanks so much for asking us onto the podcast. It was so nice to to just take that little trip down memory lane and kind of revisit the whole process from start to finish. Um, felt really, really nice. Um, so thanks for that. The reason that we wanted to do the podcast was just to kind of get the message out there to other other same-sex couples that, you know, you can do this and you can have a family and it is within reach. And also to anyone kind of going through IVF or fertility treatment that it can work and it does work um, and it worked for us. So yeah, thanks again. I just love that message and I think I always will. So to chat about their story a little bit, they went through IVF to conceive their little boy, Sonny. They talked me through the level of preparation that they did, not only individually but also as a couple and I think that's really important they did have Pam as their doula who is an incredible support to women as I'm sure a lot of you know and I will tag her in the show notes if you want to reach out and if you need support Uh, a really positive 
induction story and they had a lot of support as well uh, in the hospital which is always amazing so enjoy this story I certainly enjoyed listening back to it for to those of you who have already listened to Joan Katie's story I urge you to listen to it again as you always hear something new I find if you listen to a story more than once I will chat to you next week with a brand new episode and if you would like to join the mailing list for our event in September, just send me a DM and I will include you. And if I forgot, I'm sorry, send me a DM again. I've had like a sieve. So enjoy my chat with Joe and Katie. So Joe and Katie, I'm delighted to finally sit down and have this chat with you. It's been a long time coming. Life, predominantly mine, keeps getting in the way. So uh, yeah, I'm really excited to get stuck in and hear all about Sonny's birth. Thank you so much. We're delighted to be here. Do you want to share a little bit about your lovely family and then we'll get stuck in? Uh, yeah, so I'm Joe Quinn and my wife here is beside us. Hi, I'm Katie. Um, we had our son in September, September 7th, 2021. Um, his name is Sonny and he was born at 6.30. And we also have a long dog, Alfie, who's a greyhound. He's our firstborn um so he's four he's four yeah so the four of us live here in Wicklow town and how did the introduction go between dog and baby actually really really well yeah Alfie was very interested in the pregnancy Joe he was um head on the bump for the whole time really protective um and yeah he just kind of got used to Sonny straight away like we did the whole I brought home a, a little baby grow um, while Joe and Sonny were still in the hospital and gave it to Alfie and he just kind of gave it a sniff. Um, and then when Sonny came home, he just kind of sniffed him and then went, all right, cool. There it, he is. it was almost yeah. like he was like, we were like, this is Sonny. And Alfie's like, yeah, he's been here for nine months. Like, what's your story? <laughs> so let's go right back to when you guys decided to become parents and the process itself and if you knew anybody else who'd embarked on the same journey. Mm -hmm. Um, So I suppose um, the pandemic was like good to us in ways and not good to us in other ways. Um, So we were planning getting married in August 2020 um, and it was all up in the air you know we'd sent out or save the dates and then it was like oh god like make it hit and it was like what's gonna happen we don't know and it was like 100 people 50 people anyway the wedding's a whole other story but mm-hmm. we managed to get married anyway and uh, we just had 25 of us um but we sat down in about June and we just said okay what everything is up in the air everything is paused in life we nothing is sure mm-hmm. in the world you know we don't know what what to kind of what to really rely on um and we kind of went back to basics and we just had a chat and said, what's mo- what's important to us? And we both said, OK, well, the wedding is like, you know, we want to be married. The party, we'll have a party whenever we can. But we both knew we wanted to be parents. We wanted to have children. So we just said, right, OK, let's kind of get the ball rolling on this because this is what we can control now. Um, so in June, before we were married, we went and got the scat, kind of started the process um so I had the scan and then we were like okay look if anything happens at least we have so much time before we're married we've so much time you know we're just kind of getting ahead of ourselves so we didn't really know as well how long the process would take but this is this is one thing that's for sure we were both kind of up in the air with work and Mm -hmm. you know we were both kind of in and out of work throughout 2020 and we just kind Mm -hmm. of thought look this is one thing that we're certain about so let's just 
let's just do it, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was, it was kind of a good time as well. We had a lot of time together to talk through things and we were at home a lot. Um, a lot of the consultations that were on Zoom um, and on the phone, so we could both kind of be there and, you know, take notes. And it just it just kind of felt like a good time mm-hmm. to do it. Um, we do know other people who've done it, but kind of so we did um, we went straight for IVF and a lot of same sex couples would go for um, IUI first, um, especially if they don't have any fertility problems. But we kind of just heard the kind of hear we heard in our experience anyway we heard a lot of oh we did IUI three times it failed then we did IVF heard this so many times we were like we don't want to waste a year and a half or two years or and have all of those emotions if we just could go straight for IVF so we just said look we'll go for it see how we get on so we and the we were we went with Sims IVF and they were they're obviously like look whatever you feel but we think that this is the best route to go down um so they recommended we go for IVF. So we did. Um, and then, yeah, we just, by the time we were married, we were like, okay, next, the next cycle, let's go for it. We had to do um, one session of couples counselling um, because obviously he's donor conceived. So we, everybody. Implications counselling. Yeah, implications. What did I call Couples counselling. Couples counselling. <laughs> <laughs> because we they they talked all about this counseling it's real like you know have you done your counseling because we can't get this until you have your counseling done you can't get blah 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 and we were like oh god what is this going to be you know we're full sure they were going to be like you know what do you plan to do what what kind of a person are you what kind of a parent are you going to be and we kind of thought we were being interviewed we were going to be interviewed to be parents and we were absolutely bricking it but that's not at all Uh, it was the way yeah it was lovely it was you know really interesting actually um the counselling session but it was funny because we were like uh, what would we say we're not good enough <laughs> yeah uh, so then it brought us to the cycle and uh, up to the cycle and then we went did the whole IVF all the injections and everything um and as Katie said like we were in such a good position like home wise because I was working on zoom I was just teaching a few classes there was no no big into town you know when I before the pandemic I was like going job to job like teach yoga and drama I was like oh 20 minutes here I'll I'll, that'll be enough time to get to here and it was just all go so it was definitely perfect time so we just basically sat back and relaxed and did the IVF and it was just it was actually a really nice process because unlike most couples they're coming to especially heterosexual couples they're coming to IVF as a last resort whereas for us it was first you know so we were like oh my god this is so interesting you know there was a lot less pressure on us I think than there would be on another um definitely straight couple definitely less stress because it was like this was our first option you know the first thing we were going to try um and just with the place that we were at with our lives we had so much time and focus and attention to put into it um and yeah, if it didn't work, you know, it wouldn't be the end of the world. We would just try again. Mm-hmm. So I think that really helped to kind of take the pressure off a little bit. And how did you feel physically um, undergoing the IVF? Did you feel it, t- it was tough on your body? Yeah, no, I, I really couldn't say I found it tough at all. I've like I really flew through it and I, you know, all all we had heard was, you know, you do hear that. You hear it's so tough on the body. You hear mm-hmm. um. But I just made a 
not that like I do feel like the power of the mind is really important. But like I just kind of called people on Instagram. I deleted any I unfollowed people who had like I was following a lot of people for IVF. Yeah. And then it was like, you know, people were talking about their failed cycles and I was like, unfollow, unfollow. Yeah. And I was not not having that. It's not in my headspace. And the two of us were just like, this is going to work, you know. Mm. And we had little mantras that we would do every evening doing the injections and we were just like, I definitely had a bit of swelling when they were doing the egg collection. Like, that was probably the hardest part. Yeah, I remember you had the heat packs. Yeah, and we made these yeah. kind of castor oil packs, um, which was really good for the swelling. And that was kind of, like, the most uncomfortable bit was the, the swelling um, yeah. and the egg collection. And then I suppose it was just, it's it's so mentally, I suppose it could be so mentally draining, but we were just like, right, we're doing this, we're doing this. We just kept kind of, we just, we had nothing else happening yeah. in our life at that point. It was, I don't yeah. know, if I remember like in, in 2020, everything kind of opened up a little bit in, in uh, kind of September, October. And then there was like a month of time in kind of November, December where everything was closed. So we were just at home every day like we were both kind of doing bits of work online but like you've got to do the injections at the same time every day in the morning in the evening we were always here together Mm -hmm. you know we'd do the injections and then we'd sit down have a chat you know think about what was going to happen talk about what we hoped would happen Mm -hmm. and it was just a really nice kind of little ritual Mm -hmm. um it sounds like you were exactly where you needed to be yeah 100% yeah Yeah. and and we were together which was cool because all of the you know, obviously all the um, appointments. appointments and stuff, uh, Joe was on her own because uh, it was COVID, you know, yeah, so yeah. I like go into the clinic or anything. Um, so tell me about that phone call. Did you wait for the phone call or did you have a positive test at home? <laughs> um, this is, this is going to make me cry because it does every time. So uh, you probably heard about the two week wait when you basically have to wait two weeks to see if it worked or not. Um, and I yeah anyway so I had obviously gotten all the information on my own because Katie was in the car even when they did the transfer she was in the car um but they gave me a sheet of paper with all the directions basically telling me act like you're pregnant for the next two weeks don't do this do this do this and and then you can test on the the very bottom it said do a home test on the 25th of December and I was like Christmas day (laughs) what and I'm obsessed with Christmas um so I went out to the car and we now we're very kind of like if someone tells us something once, we're like, right, oh, God, that's gospel. So we were like <laughs> somebody told us before. I don't know how we heard this, that the home pregnancy test wouldn't be strong enough and you should wait for the blood test. So we were like, we're waiting for the blood test. We're not going to do it. it. Could be false positive. Why would we do that to ourselves? Blah, blah, blah. So we were like, we're doing, you know, and so then they gave me this piece of paper and I was like, oh, do the home test. And she was like, yeah, the 25th of December, do your home test. And I was like. Okay, so I didn't tell Katie and then I wrapped up a pregnancy test for Christmas for her. So Christmas morning, um, obviously you have to do it for the first pee and I was bursting to go to the toilet at 6am. I was like, Katie, wake up, Santa came. <laughs> what? <laughs> go like, away. Six in the morning, why are you waking me up? Leave me alone, it's so Christmas day. <laughs> I poked her enough to wake her up anyway and gave her the pregnancy test and she was like, what the hell? No, we're not allowed to do it, you know? proper rules you know and I was like no no we're we're allowed she was like really and I was like yeah so we did it um and because of the pandemic and everything we had hadn't really seen my family much because they're in tip and cork and so we all went to a hotel for Christmas 
um, so that it would be the safest place for my family and parents and everything. Um, so we were in a hotel with all of my family. And that morning we found out like we it was positive toilet and we were I was, we were just like oh my god oh my god it, it actually it worked it worked too it was just like it worked what the hell so I was pregnant then hanging out with all my family and we didn't tell anybody because I think we were in such shock that it actually worked um you knew it was gonna work we knew it was gonna work yeah we knew it was gonna work but we also said look if it doesn't work at least we're with our family and we can, mm. you know, we're not, you know, being sad or whatever. Mm. So that was, that was when we knew it was positive. We still kind of went, wanted to wait for the blood test. Um, and then, yeah, actually they were so nice in Sims. I video called Katie. So they were like, do you want a video call? Well, we do the scan. So we video called and she was able to see the scan and everything. And it was just, yeah, very, very emotional and very surreal now looking back to think like that was sunny all along, you know. Very hard to like, correlate the two things in your head yeah like there's kind of the the treatment and the pregnancy and then there's like this little dude that we have in our life now you know and it's hard to kind of make sense of the fact yeah. that, that was him all along like when know? we think back of like like all of the injections and everything that we had to do that we had to do was all for this little tiny human we knew we were, <laughs> you know at the time you don't you think oh I, I just want to get pregnant and you know you do kind of go through actually one thing you kind of jump ahead at the start, like everyone does. You know, you're like, oh, what if it's a boy? What will we name it? What will we name it a girl? And then when you're in the cycle, you're like, you take every single day as is a, is a huge success. You know, by the time you get to the egg collection, you're like, I hope I have enough eggs. And then they collect them. You're like, oh, my God, OK, that I've, I have enough eggs. That was that box ticked. And I knew it was almost like we could always come back to that. So if it didn't work, if they didn't fertilize and we didn't get embryos, at least I knew I had eggs. So I could yeah. come back to that. Yeah. You always have to go again next step instead of like seeing the whole process. Yeah. Like before we did it, I was like, Oh, if it's a boy, blah, blah, blah. And then you're like, okay, we're, it just forces you to stay in the present for me anyway, so much. Cause it was like, everything was like a new a new kind of goal to get to and then it was like okay we had embryos and it was like, okay put them in and it was like okay and then if it didn't um materialize through pregnancy we knew okay we we can make embryos you know mm. we got that far so we could go back again and go again did you feel a change when you saw that positive test like you want to look after yourself a little bit more or anything like that no because did you I feel different no I don't think I did because because we were doing the IVF it was like I was eating really well. And it already and felt different, probably. I suppose it already felt different anyway, you know, because it was like the journey had already started even from months beforehand because we had we had it in our heads like this is this is kind of the goal and this is what we're what we're aiming for. <laughs> so how many scans did you have with Sims? Did you have a set amount before you moved on to the hospital? Uh, we had a seven week scan, wasn't it? And then yeah, I think that's and, then, like, and then they were like, okay, bye. I think Good it luck. was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a seven-week scan. Which is weird because, like, we were used to going there and then all of a sudden, right, well done. Off you go, go. job done, box Good ticked. Um, but they, there's something about their insurance. Like, they can't do scans past the 10 weeks or something. And it was like, I was like, so where do I go for my 10-week scan? They were like, oh, do you know you could choose your hospital now? And I was like, what do you mean? Like, are you not going to come with me? Like... Yeah, there's probably a bit of that actually because you're so used to it and comfortable there. You get yeah. so used to them and it's always the same kind of few yeah. nurses. And- we were really lucky in that way that yeah. I 
actually like had the same nurse for the egg collection, the same nurses then for the transfer, um, which was just lovely. Like that continuity of care, you don't really get it anywhere. Um, and I don't think it's, I don't think everybody gets that. Like it just mm. happened to be. It's nice that you at least had a familiar face there considering Joe couldn't be with you for the appointments. Because yeah. I was absolutely out of, out of my mind when they did the egg collection. Because <laughs> <laughs> they gave, I don't know what kind of drugs they gave me. But I was it's like, actually hey. in the same week I had gotten four of my wisdom teeth out and it was the same like sedative or whatever. So there's like a video <laughs> of Joe that I took after they like let me brought me in to get her after they did the egg collection and she's just totally out of her mind. Yeah. It's very funny. And Katie was the same, like four or five. <laughs> Great crack in your house that week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the dog got really sick as well. It oh, was yeah. like everything happened in the same week. So let's talk about your care. Did you decide to go public, semi-private or private? Yeah, so we went public. Um, and... Yeah, we went. We actually went for a private scan at 10, 10 weeks though before mm. that. Yeah, and we then, went. Yeah, we went for yeah. a private scan. There's a really lovely clinic in Bray, um, and it was just that was when it actually felt real because I, and even when I went for the twelve week scan, I think it was maybe thirteen weeks. It just wasn't even the same. Like with, with Katie, because obviously she couldn't come in with me, so we went for this scan, and I remember like I saw I saw it on the screen, and I just went. <gasps> <laughs> and then I didn't move for the rest of the scan because I I just knew I was going to ball and I, I I didn't want to be like have my tummy going up and down. But Katie was like, "Why isn't she saying anything?" Like, What's oh yeah, because we were in the, the ultrasound place and it's kind of like it's really nice. It's kind of dimly lit and you know it's really quiet and relaxing. And like Joe has the mask on. I've got the mask on as well. And your one's like, "This is the whatever you know showing us." And Joe's just completely dead silent. Not saying anything, <laughs> barely even breathing. And I was like, are you okay? Like, are you all right? Just a, just oh. Such a non-reaction because you were just so I was just trying to hold in the tears because I could feel it. And I was like, oh, I just, my tummy's just going to hang here and then it's going to be useless. Um, yeah, it was pretty special actually, that one. Because they, they were like, there's the heartbeat. And then they, you could like see it on the screen and hear it. So when did you start thinking about birth and your preferences? And when did you decide to available services of a doula I know you you worked with Pam uh, she's amazing she's so well informed so yeah tell me more about that I suppose um when did you do the postnatal you know yeah so I actually decided to do my postnatal yoga teacher training or prenatal um pregnancy yoga teacher training at the same time it just happened to come up and I was like okay this is perfect opportunity to do this while I'm pregnant and it was all online and it was deadly and it was actually a doula course combined with it which was really great and I was like okay this is I'm not really into like sitting down reading all the books so I was like I might as well go to a few lectures and learn this way um March was so that was yeah it was probably around March but there was um a hypnobirthing course that was provided by like Kildare Wicklow County Council I think brilliant Um, the German lady yeah and it was with this oh, yeah. woman and Suzanne Suzanne she was actually she actually works in the coom so it was just a coincidence and she was running these workshops every Thursday <laughs> night, and it was like it would be like an hour and a half of like birth to all talking about the birth almost like an antenatal class and then like half an hour of the hypnobirthing tracks she'd read them out and it was just and they were free were they it was yeah, free. yeah oh wow that's amazing 
So it was brilliant. And it was so like, she was just, she was like, oh, you ask for this and you get this and you don't listen to them because this is what you want. And it was just so, she was amazing, really, really empowering. And there was a breastfeeding workshop as well. Um, More than once, uh, Joe would be doing her <laughs> hypnobirthing class and I would either come in from work or come down the stairs and your one Susanna would be chatting away there on the screen and Joe would be fast asleep. <laughs> oh, <laughs> How is your, oh, I just love the hypnobirthing so much. God. But they sent us the tracks. So we used to listen to them go to bed. Yeah, as well. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. So we just kind of, I just got really into it then. And like, as Katie said, like we didn't have, I didn't really have much else going on. And I was like, right. You know, I just got so interested in birth. And then um, I come, came across Pam somewhere and I was like, oh, my God, like this person is just deadly. Like we need to we we decided then we were going to invest our money in like we, we had been doing acupuncture all the way through and then okay. continued to do that. And I was like, look, I I think that people spend, you know, people spend so much money on their weddings, getting their body in a certain way. And I was like, we're going to put every, we've put every, so much money into this already. We're not going to stop now. So I was still going to acupuncture. We were like, we want to, you know, we were going in blind. We didn't really have a clue what, what was going to happen with the birth, but we wanted to have a doula for sure. Um, and then we asked Pam and Pam was obviously going through loads of stuff in her own life. And she was like, hold on a few weeks and I'll let you know. And then we kind of decided if we didn't have Pam, we didn't really want to have anyone because um, we we knew because Katie had actually kind of sat in on some of the pregnancy um, classes on yeah. Zoom. We actually, yeah, it wasn't that we wanted a doula. We actually just, we wanted, just wanted Pam. Pam. <laughs> yeah. Um, so because you had so much information, like you had done, like Joe did it uh, as well as the hip number thing. Like she did a um, prenatal yoga teacher training course, which was like, just so much information and there was people from all over the world like sharing their experiences we also like because because we were at home and everything was on zoom we did every <laughs> course going like we did baby care first aid I did a, a breastfeeding course at one point <laughs> I signed up for it being like this will be great for Joe now yeah. I forgot to tell her and then the day before they sent me an email like log in for tomorrow whatever and I was like oh come here I signed you up for this breastfeeding thing tomorrow and she was like I'm working on the class <laughs> So I was like, grad, so, so much in the class, so I'm writing notes that I'm trying to like convey all the information back to Joe. But it was great. Everything was there, you know, like anything you wanted to learn, you could just log on and, and learn yeah. on Zoom in, in a way that we wouldn't have been able to if we were, you know, working in person full time and then also had to actually go to these things. Mm-hmm in yeah. a place it's amazing the way you guys just naturally gravitated towards like preparation you went straight into preparation mode from really early on which is which is really nice to hear because not many people do that with their first pregnancy yeah I, you know what actually I think people do that for the second birth they're like I'd love to do it now but I just we just got so into it and I think um yeah I just I just thought this is the best thing in the friggin' world like and I felt so good I, I actually never felt so strong in all my life either I was like yes this is I suppose we were just so over the moon that it was had worked and it was like this yeah. is magic like you know this yeah. is really parents and you know we're going to put every single in and I really like I just jumped right in I was like right every day I was like was it like oh I have to do my class at the end of today it was like my whole day was all about the class almost but I think you know obviously I was lucky enough you know because of the pandemic in that way that we could do things you know obviously it was there was all of the 
all of the stuff was going on about whether our partners could be in for the birth. And there was all of that was happening online and all of these marches. And there was just so much that we could have gone. We could have gone into that negatively and we could have been like, oh, what are we going to do? What if I'm on my own? I was like, if I'm on my own, I I'm I can control this. I'm going to be fine and I need to be fine because there's every possibility Katie could, might not be with me. Pam definitely won't be with me. So I'm, you know, I can't come back after having the baby going, oh, sorry, baby. Like, you know, I yeah. didn't have Katie. I was like, I'm, I've got to wear, I've got to step up here as much as I can because I could be on my own. Yeah. Like there was definitely a lot, a lot of negatives, obviously to the, to the pandemic. And there was a lot of like kind of what ifs um, and a lot of stress, especially towards the end, like, uh, but there was also a lot of kind of perks, I yeah. guess, that we didn't really think about beforehand, just mm-hmm. in that how much support was available online and everybody was kind of offering advice and yeah. kind of workshops and stuff. Um, and, and, so and we had so free. much so much time to like yeah. really kind of delve into that. So out of my two children, Eva is naturally the most curious she wants, she's in at everything. She wants to see what's in every press. She wants to see how every toy works. It's just into everything. And although it's, it's just a new way of parenting that I didn't have with Oliver. I just had to be prepared for this child who needs constantly, who's being stimulated constantly. So say hello to Brain Building with Panda Crate. It's exactly what I needed. It's a subscription service for Play Essentials designed just for babies and toddlers aged 0 to 24 months. It's created by play experts at KiwiCo in partnership with Seattle Children's Hospital. Pandacrate is thoughtfully designed with care to stimulate your baby's brain development through play. Pandacrate is a science-backed, research-based approach to play and recognises that there's more to babyhood than the milestones itself. So within the Pandacrate, there was lacing beads. So Eva can sit down and do something like a jigsaw but she'll have it done really quickly. And she, with the lacing beads, it takes her just a couple of minutes and she has to use both hands so she can really explore each piece, thread the shapes onto a string and develop bilateral coordination. Really, really handy. And also there's a peg puzzle. So it's another way to solve shapes and it's nice. They're nice wooden, robust toys. They're easy to clean, nice solid shapes. And I find the other toys that you put for her anyway, to put, uh, say, a block into something is far too easy. So the peg puzzle was just really handy. It challenged her a little bit more than the others. Whether you're a first-time parent or not, Panda Crate provides a way to simplify the early years with just right products to support your baby's rapid development in the first two years of life. Countless errors go into creating the playthings in this box. KiwiCo designers ideate, iterate and prototype test, review and revise and then they do it all again. So every material, colour, angle and curve is a thoughtful choice designed to stimulate your baby's brain development through play. And as I mentioned before, you can really see that in, especially with the pieces in the peg puzzle. Unlock brain building play and create a foundation for early learning with Panda Crate from KiwiCo. Get 30% off your first month plus free shipping with code IRE birth at kiwico.com. That's 30% off your first month at kiwico.com with promo code IRE birth. On to the rest of this week's episode. It's amazing you had 
access to so many resources. I know with hypnobirthing, some people, they simply can't afford it and preparation isn't always uh, within everyone's reach. So yeah, it's, it's cool that you did all those courses and found so many free courses True. So Joe, tell me how you felt about what lay ahead. So birth and labour and birth, yeah. And I couldn't wait for birth. I was so <laughs> excited. I couldn't wait. And I felt like anytime I said that to people who'd already had kids, I could see their eyes rolling and I could see them being like, this one now, you know, <laughs> like, can't wait for birth. Sure. Wait until she, you know, wait until she's in the throes of it now. You yeah. come. I could see them being like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and then at 35 weeks, I went to um, our, our GP for a scan. And the obviously this nurse's midwife saw me come and, you know, me being like, oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> I didn't say a word to her because I was like, obviously very protective of my space as well. And I was like, right, this is my bubble. Anyone wants to come in or out, you can, you know, you. I was keeping people at arm's length as well because yeah. I want to protect myself. Um. <clears throat> But she was like, uh, you do know your baby is a breach. And I was like, nope, I, I, you know, I, and I didn't know that. She was like, yeah, 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 th- um, that's the that's the bum there. Um, it's actually sideways. And I was like, OK, great. I wasn't aware of that because it didn't, you know, anyway. She was going on like this for ages. And then she was like, you, have they no plan for you? Have they no plan? It was, she was trying to get me, trying to really, really upset me and, and make me worried. And I was like, okay, no problem. She goes, you're probably going to have to have section. And I was like. Yeah, I was waiting for that. I was like, yeah. She goes, you do know if your baby's breech, you have to have a section. I was like, I do. Yeah, no problem. And if I do, you know, like. It's not the worst thing in the whole world, like, you know, especially if it was going to be a planned section. So then we left. I'll never forget. It was the Friday of the August bank holiday weekend. My family were coming up from tip for the weekend. And this woman had like, she was like, I need to get the doctor. I need to get the doctor. She got the doctor and doctor's like, you, she goes to her, you take a look at her now. Isn't she, isn't that baby breach? And she was like, yeah, I think so. Yeah. God, they've no plan for her in the coom. And it was all like, 45 minutes I was meant to be there for like five minutes um and I was like okay and I walked out and I was like what the hell just happened like what who are these people and why are they and actually just as I left she she pulled me back she was like um if you go into labor over the weekend make sure um call an ambulance straight away because you can't give birth naturally and I was like I'm 35 weeks pregnant what are you talking about she was like um well you know you never know I was like I was like well, it was actually in hindsight, I was delighted because I was like, this is it was kind of like a prep of what could have happened in the hospital, you know. So yeah. this kind of headspace challenging me. I was like, no problem, baby's breach must be. Two people are saying it. Um, so then from that, like we spent the weekend with my family, had a lovely time. And then Monday it was like, right, on to the acupuncturist. When can you get me in? We're doing this um the Moxie Mox has it. The Moxie Buston, I think, yeah. So then we were like morning and evening, Katie's down at my toe, <laughs> circling it. You were like, uh, I, I'm i a personal trainer and I, I kind of work a split shift most days. So I'd be home in the middle of the day and I'd be like, right, come on, knees up on the couch, uh, like chest down on the floor. And we're like trying to spin All the, the babies that we were on to Pam night and day. What what do we do next, Pam? What's the next thing, you know? Um a lot a load of uh my clients would be like women who have already had kids so they were all you know with the advice what I did was this you could try that 
at one stage we had um frozen peas like frozen peas or ice or something at the top of the bump and then shining a light up at the bottom because someone told me that this works and we're like fucking try anything do you know what I mean so we were there shining a light up into the baby going come on baby baby. come on (laughs) calling the baby to turn around and then frozen peas on top of the bump oh man we tried everything like because we were like we have to just you know, give it a go and something will work. And then it got to Wednesday and I was like, screw this. I'm already trying to force our kid to do something he doesn't want to do. It's not even out of the womb. If it wants to come out, <laughs> if it wants to be breached, if it wants to come as a section, so what? I was like, I'm not spending the rest of my pregnancy in this mindset of like, I need to turn the baby. Yeah. Um, so I was like, if I need to have a section, great. So I was like, right, let's, pl- let's have a birth plan for a section. Katie was a little bit, I kind of made peace with it, but Katie didn't really, did you? Um, no, because I was listening to um something, uh, one of those book audio books with all the different birth stories in mm-hmm. it. Um, and I was oh, just, a bit, yeah, I was just a bit freaked out about the whole thing. Katie thought um, my recovery would be really tough, and you know, obviously, it is a lot slower. And also, we've done all this research on the vaginal birth. She was like, oh, we've done all this. Yeah, like, I was kind of raging as well. That we weren't going to get to have the, like, whole labor. And, you know, like, I was ready. We've been training for it, you know. We had, like, Pam had us prepped. I was like, I want to do the whole thing, you know. And I, like, and I wanted you to have that experience as well because I felt like that was, like, a huge part of it. It definitely But then was, at the same but... time, I was trying to be like, yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, you know, because, like, I just wanted you to be in a good headspace no matter what was, was going to happen. Yeah. So even though inside I was like shitting and brick being like, no, I don't <laughs> really don't want you to have to have a section. But then also trying to be like, yeah, that's cool. If that's what the yeah. baby wants. <laughs> <laughs> so we got to the Wednesday. I was like, Grant, bring us in for a section. It'll be fine. And then on the Thursday was I would go. Um, uh, every Thursday was my day to go to the hospital then or between the GP and the hospital. Did was- we um, at that stage have a like a plan with Pam about having a section or was that later no it was later okay yeah, sorry she didn't yeah so then it was the Thursday and I went in and there was this it was in the middle of the restrictions and everything but I was like it had been such a week I was like Kate you're coming in with me and no one's going to ask any questions I need you there I need you for support if we're going to be talking about a section I need her to be there so because she's there was a pro- yeah this was actually when it was probably a, a perk to be a same sex couple because I just walked into the hospital and sat down in the waiting room okay. and no asked me anything <laughs> um so I was just sitting there beside Joe mask on just just like waiting. another pregnant person yeah um so yeah I went in then to the uh midwife and <laughs> she was like I was like this is my wife um she's gonna stay with us for the appointment is that okay in the the midwife's like, no problem. I can't even see over at that side of the room anyway. So it's totally fine. She, yeah, she, oh. was, like, she was like this lovely, uh, like older woman. And she was like, I never saw you today. I've never met you before in yeah. my life. I don't know who you are. You're not here. And we yeah. were like, grand, okay. Found. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I told her, look, this is what the midwife and the GP told me. And, you know, I told her that first and then she went through everything else first, all through the birth plan, back over my family history. It was gorgeous. And then she's like, okay, let's check where the baby is. And then she was like, oh, that baby's head is down. Katie, come on over. This is how you check. 
baby's head is there. That's the baby's bum. And I was like, I fucking knew it. <laughs> I knew the baby was down all along. Um, she and- was amazing though. She was so calm and she literally, like she just took my hand and like put it like where the head was and was like, that's the head. In case you're ever not sure again, just have a little feel. The head is there. The baby is fine. Yeah, it was deadly. And then she was like, you know what you do now for the next four weeks? You just come here. Don't go to your GP anymore. And I was like, thank you. So we just went, we just drove into town then every, it was an hour every, you know, into mm. town or 50 minutes. It was good practice because each time you were like, okay, we'll go this route and we'll go this route. Yeah. Um, so then uh, jumped to like week 40 then and no budge. I started um, collecting colostrum around week 38 and then we did all the bits did everything we to did try everything. and bring on uh we were like uh, messaging Pam, literally daily what can we do now what can we do now we were you were eating the dates we had the evening primrose oil we we're bouncing on the ball what else collecting the colostrum pumping pumping yeah clary sage yeah, Larry said a whole lot. We used to hold a bottle. I was yeah, glad we used it, the smell of it. Yeah, it's horrible. Um, yeah. So we had everything from like week 38. And I was like, this is, this is things people do after 40 weeks. But anyway, uh, we were so ready. We were like, right, let's let's do it now. Yeah. And I was <laughs> like, I also had it in my head. I was like, oh, I'm going to go early. Totally. And also people were like, yeah, yeah. First baby or one thinks she's going to go early. Uh, anyway, week 40, I went in on the Thursday again and this doctor said um or no it was 39 she said look we'll bring you in next week and we'll give you a sweep you know if you'd like a sweep we'll give you a sweep and then see if we can get things moving um so it was week four it was the Thursday then of the week 41 um and I went in for the uh checkup and the doctor was there and she said okay would you like a sweep so I said yes I would like a sweep actually um so then she did the sweep and then it was like this moment and this is the first time when I was like okay I need to have my wits about me at every point in this because um the doctors are just they're just as we said earlier like this just second nature to them they just mm. say so quickly and um so I remember I got the sweep and then she closed back the curtain and she was like okay and telling me all of these things and I was like the first time I'd seen blood since you know my period 10 months ago I was like dear lord what hold on a sec. I was like could you just hold on a second and tell me in a minute because I need to like process this clean myself and put my pants up and then can we talk and she's like yeah no problem back in a minute so she went um to see because it was an IVF pregnancy they have there was all this like you know you probably heard it before like you should celebrate yourself every day but some days you should celebrate with jewelry whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection blue nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Once you get to a certain date, they're like, oh, no, you, we need to bring you in. We have to induce you because it's IVF. Um, 41 weeks or a week and a half over or something like that. There was a certain point. Seven, that said, yeah. You can't go any further. Yeah, I couldn't go further than seven days. And they were like, no, we can't do it even to 10 days because of the IVF. So she went off to check and make sure this was right. And then she came back in and she said, look, we're going to um, bring you in for induction, you know, after seven days because of the IVF and I'm going to talk you through the induction now is that okay and I was like great and then I was like can I record you please is that okay because I'm gonna have to relay all this to Katie I I just had a sweep and I think people kind of brush the sweep under the carpet like no pun intended but people kind of breeze over it in for a sweep that did a sweep it's a big deal like it's a bigger deal than people kind of think it is um so I was like okay I need a minute and then uh Katie I asked her could her name was actually Katie as well I said can I record this for my wife because you know how am I going to remember all these things so we pressed record she was very open to it she said no problem pressed record and she talked through everything they were going to bring me in on Tuesday um and you know check in and da 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 and she went through everything you know we're going to do the pessary and then um the prostaglandin and then if that doesn't you know then we'll it was almost like it was almost a given that that wouldn't work and then you know we leave you 24 hours then we'll give you another one and um what did they do after the pessary i don't know we didn't get that far anyway um spoiler so so <laughs> and it was like oh got to the monday night and i was like oh god no boy so now in the meantime you had sent the recording to pam so she could tell us basically what was going on yeah with your one. so you know from pam is was our doula just for other people who um, are listening in um pam you Sorry, might know her people just join us now <laughs> in case we <laughs> welcome everyone um in case people are like who's pam Pam is a Pilates teacher and she's also a doula and she's incredible. Follow her on Instagram. She's amazing. Um, so uh, we had Pam on call from 38 weeks and, you know, you go to the loo and you're like, oh, is this is it. And I, at some point, 
what I thought was the mucus plug came out. I mean, I don't know if it was definitely wasn't as big a deal as what I thought it was going to be. Um, but Katie was like, how are you now? How are you now? Any, any, anything like, are you okay so now? I was So I was off work from 40 weeks because I was like, well, the baby's coming on the 31st because I just didn't understand really how due dates were. And I was like, well, that's when it's going to be here. So I better be off work. Um, but like also in the like two or three weeks previous, like every single client that I saw was like, any baby? Have you had the baby yet? As, as your wife had the baby or like asking or being like, you should do this. She should try this. Has she tried eating this or drinking this or doing that? Um, and I was like, just getting so stressed about it that I was gonna, like, you know, go take my time off now or whatever. Um, so then for the week, I was like, well, <laughs> anything, anything, I feel anything. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was actually a really good, like lesson in hindsight, you know, at the time I was like, this is horrendous. When is the baby coming? Yeah. Why won't anyone tell us like, yeah, what the hell? Like your life is going to change in the biggest way possible. And it could be today. It could also be not for another month. Yeah, It could be any time in between them and you have no way of knowing. <laughs> That's actually a really nice perspective because we only, well, on this podcast, we only ever hear the perspective of the woman who's about to give birth. And we very rarely hear um, the birth partner's perspective on how they feel about the lack of control surrounding the due date. The, you're also trying to stay calm but like there's nothing calm about it because you're like oh my god this could happen any second but also not so you're in this like heightened state of adrenaline for just an inevitable amount of time yeah. so we I I actually was delighted in that week 40 because or 41 because Katie was off and I had been <laughs> off um <laughs> one of my friends uh had a baby four weeks before me and we'd been pregnant together. And we was, and then like she just deserted me, you know, four weeks yeah. before I was going to have a baby. She had her baby, and I was like, "Who am I going to hang out with now?" You know. <laughs> um. So by the time we got to Katie's week off, I was like, "Oh, brilliant! I have someone to hang out with now. Great." Um. So we went on kind of like a, a staycation around Wicklow. It was actually gas because we were we were told all these things. Um, how to get the dog used to th- the baby, and obviously we talked about this at the start. Um, but one of the things that Katie read about was. <laughs> you know, get them used to the buggy. So we were like, right, let's go out with the buggy. So we couldn't go out around where we live with the buggy because everyone would be like, oh, you had the baby. No, it's an empty buggy. Um, so <laughs> we were those weirdos. So we went up to Glendalough with the buggy and, and the dog. And then we were walking around with the buggy and the dog. And I was 10 months pregnant. I could barely walk. I we like, trying to walk and also hide the fact that there was nothing in the buggy because people would think we were lost the plot. That's actually a lovely idea because there's nothing more than you want to do when you have that lovely new buggy for the first time than to bring it out for a walk. Yeah, but we were like walking past people and like we had the dog and like you know the way people kind of stop and talk to you. And we were there, like, kind of, I was kind of like rocking the buggy, like to make it look like there's a baby. That also being like, don't ask if you can see the baby because there's no. Yeah. It, it, it was hilarious. A lot. And I was just yeah. basically stopping every two minutes thinking I was going to wee myself. And then he's like, you okay? You okay? You okay? They were like, how is that woman so pregnant? And she's got another baby in the buggy. Yeah. So then, anyway, got to the night before, um, and Pam came over and she was like, right, let's talk through everything. We listened back to what the um, doctor had said. And at the end, and what was really interesting, actually, at the end of at the end of the voice, it was a voice note. She said, all you have to think about is get yourself here for half six on Tuesday morning. That's all you have to worry about. And it was just like. No, like that's not it was just so like 
oh, don't be worrying about all this. Just get yourself there and you'll be fine. It was real kind of old school or something. Um, so we talked through everything um, with Pam and all the different kind of things that could happen. And basically because of the sweep that she'd done the sweep and we were talking about um, Bishop's score and stuff. And she said that I wasn't dilated, but apparently if you're not dilated, then they can't do the sweep. But she said, I'm not dilated. And she did a sweep anyway. So it was just really confusing. And I was like, I was really confused that time when I was in with her on my own. And I felt like I definitely had would have had my wits about me. But I was like, I didn't in that moment. And I was like, going in tomorrow, I was like, I don't want to make any decisions without Katie there. So that was kind of like our, what I was going in with for the induction. I was like, look, whatever happens, I'm not doing anything without Katie. And no matter, you know, whatever it is about the restrictions I'll wait for her to be there before we make any decisions so we got to the car park whatever 20 past six on the Tuesday morning and um Katie was like look go you know what's your gut telling you and I was like I can't like I can't read myself right now I I don't know what's going on and I just felt I remember actually crying in the car park when we were going in Mm. I was like this is just it wasn't the way we thought it was going to be because we thought we'll be laboring at home for ages. Pam will come over. We'll have the rebozo. I, I had stories ready to tell Pam and everything. I was like, yeah. I'm storing these for the day when we're going to be um, in labor. And like, I just, yeah, I think as well, like so much of the prep with Pam was like, you know, we kind of thought everything, everything with the restrictions was up in the air. We knew Pam wouldn't be able to be in the hospital. We knew I probably wasn't going to be able to be there. So all along our plan was just to stay at home for as long as we could, you know? Yeah. And we were like, we'll just do as much as we can at home. We'll get like really comfortable. Then we'll have Pam there and she can tell us when we need to go to the hospital, mm-hmm. you know? And that was like one of the main things, I think in our very first consultation with Pam, she was like, what do you, you know, what do you feel like you need and what do you feel like you want from a doula? And I was like, well, how will we know when it's time to go to the hospital? You know, like I, I felt like we would just go, you know, we need to go now, but yeah. actually we wouldn't need to go at that point. You know, just knowing like how long we could kind of do it ourselves for. And that was kind of always our plan. So then when all of that was kind of taken out of the equation, it was like a whole different yeah. plan then, right? Yeah, yeah. Because you were like walking in to the hospital alone and not in labor. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. Yeah, because also haven't talked about like, oh, this is where we'll drive. We'll drive up to here. I'll drop you off, you know, when yeah. we're when I'm in labor. Um, so anyway, went in and we had talked about trying to get um, checked without being admitted. But I asked for that and they said, no, you have to be admitted before you can be checked. Or Oh, yeah. So that was one thing that Pam said. When, when you go in, get them to check you. And if you're dilated at all, then you can go home and wait to be more dilated you know yeah but they we have to admit you first so they admitted me and I got to the hospital I was like I was sitting in the sit down in the bed and I was like I've never been in hospital before (laughs) which is really weird I'd never spent a night in a hospital never been in hospital in my life and I was like this is so strange what do I do like (laughs) you know obviously felt fine you know because I wasn't feeling any like I felt I was obviously 41 weeks pregnant it felt very big and um, I was very uncomfortable at that point and my feet were so big, like they were like balloons. Um, but uh, so I was like, right, OK, I'll get myself set up. If I am going to be induced, then um, 
you know, I want the place to be nice. And we had like, you know, the fairy lights and everything, all the stuff that we'd planned. Um, and they told us this with the antenatal classes. They were like, set up your space. If, you know, get your environment in the right place for you, create it, you know, you can do this, you can do whatever you want with the space. Um, and when they were doing the antenatal classes, she said, loads of people saw this image that we put up on Instagram of this lovely place that had um, salt lamps and candles and everything. And people who had had babies there before were like, the room isn't like this, you know, um, this is, you know, this isn't actually true. And they were like, no, it is, but it's up to you guys to do it. So um, I was like, I had a few affirmation cards and I had the naked doula cards as well. I didn't know if it was going to be there for long or not. So I made like in the little locker, like a little shrine for myself of all these cards. (laughs) And look, we had um, crystals and um, I'm not mad into crystals, but like we brought one for the egg, the transfer. The rose quartz. The rose quartz. And I was like, oh, this this must be our lucky lucky. charm. (laughs) Bring it with us. Um, So, and actually uh, Pam gave us a rose quartz as well. So we had, I had those and I was like, I'll just put them here. They'll be nice and handy if I need to leave again. And then the first midwife that came around, she was like, um, she placed my file down and like, you know, it took my blood pressure. And she was just at the end of her shift. And I was like, sorry, I was wondering if you could talk me through what's going to happen today. And she was like, did nobody tell you already? And I was like, oh, my God, no, Mm. half six in the morning. I don't (laughs) want to be here. And you don't want to be here either. And anyway, she talked through it. And then she was like, and then we'll break your waters and then, you know, you'll have your baby. And I was like, is there any way like we could delay breaking the waters? Or she was like, that's the whole point of you coming in here is to get induced, break your waters, have your baby. I was right. like, okay. And I heard then she left and I heard someone say to her, see you tonight, blah, 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 whatever her name was. And in my head, I was like, I am not going to be here tonight. I can never see that woman again. <laughs> I just can't have her in my head space or in my birth space. Um, so then uh, they came around and they said, look, uh, the doctor came around and said, look, oh, we're ready to induce you now. Um, and I said, look, is there any way that we could delay this? Because um, I'm not the stereotypical IVF pregnancy. I don't have any fertility issues. She said, yeah, absolutely. Your body, your choice, whatever, whatever you wish. Um, let's send you for a scan and see how the baby's doing. So she sent me down for an ultrasound. And then the, the girl in the ultrasound suite was saying, look, everything looks great except for the baby's measuring quite small and they hadn't done an ultrasound since 20 weeks so she was like look we can't really say that you know it could have been progressing at a lovely rate but now at 41 weeks it still looks really small so she said look that could go against you and they might actually induce you and I was like look if excuse me if that's the reason why they're inducing me then Okay, but I didn't want to be induced because of the IVF. There was it didn't it doesn't feel like a valid reason for me. Um, so then we went back up and it was 20 past nine, and the doctor came back around. She was looking at my file and she was like, Look, um, the baby is measuring quite small. We would recommend induction now. Um, but obviously, if you want to go home, that's up to you, but we wouldn't be able to stand over it um if anything did happen. So I was like, Okay, could we talk about this again in 10 minutes? Because um visiting hours was at half nine so then Katie came in at half nine and then the doctor came back around she was so amazing she was like talked through everything again told Katie everything and then we just had a minute together and we were like right okay this actually feels like this is the right thing to do um 
so then they popped in the prostaglandin at 10. I remember it was 10 or one, I think. And then I lay down on the bed for about 40 minutes. And then it was like, whoosh, all like full in full, full steam ahead. It was just started. I started reacting to it very quickly. I think you went to sleep for a little bit mm. and then you woke up and you were pumping. Yeah. And you were on the ball. Oh, you were pumping, were you? Yeah. Yeah. Because you had been pumping like a, f- a few days before to kind of like try and kick off the labor. And I was yeah. getting contractions from pumping. Yeah. And then they would go away again. Yeah. So I was trying to bring on the contractions. And so I was pumping and it was definitely wor- like it was really working. Um, so all of that was working together. And this was at um, 10. Yeah. By 11 o'clock, it was like I was feeling it coming on um so then we were I'm just gonna go back here a second because it was pretty funny actually because we were they just they were like right here's the thing and then they just kind of left us to it like in the ward yeah and it was it was cool like in the ward they had like all they had the balls they had yoga mats they had like everything there Mm -hmm. but it was just kind of like they were like right we'll come back in a while it was kind of like I'll leave you to it but you know you you really had to kind of know all the things to do because no one was like, here's your ball, here's the thing. It was like you had to go around and kind of get them, um, which is fine. But I actually, one of the things that was deadly was, that was, sorry, that was you asleep at one point with your little shrine. Oh, yeah. So it was so funny. I like put up the fairy lights and then all the staff be going past. And they're like, it's like a shrine in there. So cute. And then someone was like, it's like a spa. Oh, it's so nice, isn't it? Oh, love, you have a gorgeous. Um, and then I thought like Katie wouldn't be as like, kind of confident as me in that kind of sense I thought she'd be a bit what? like like I thought you'd be a bit embarrassed by the lights and stuff. <laughs> um so I was like oh I don't know if Katie's gonna help me with this you know because I was like starting to decorate it all then and then she was like put it all up and I was like yes oh, um I thought I told you that what yeah I thought and then but you told me you were like no I was just there doing whatever it was, I was that just you doing wanted. whatever you wanted yeah um and it was brilliant and it was really cute. So then and we were walking up and down. and But went. then you were basically in the full on labor. Like, yeah, you, you basically were like you were getting the contractions and the pains. And, and do you feel your hypnobirthing kicked in then when things started to ramp up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We were just Definitely. full you, on. You were like you went to another place. So we came back up. So I remember I went for my second shower. One of the midwives was like, the shower isn't like for hygiene. It's, you know, it's for pain relief. So go sit down, get Katie in there oh, with she you. Sent, she sent you up to a different one because there was a seat and you could sit down. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. So yeah. I went into the shower and then um, this was later on. And this was like, I remember at one point I was in the shower and it was the only point in the whole thing where I thought, I can't do this. I, and I remember leaning against the wall and I'd read a book that um, birth skills, I'd read, you know, kind of skimmed over it a few months beforehand. And then I text my friend who gave it to me the day before and I was like, I can't remember what happened in this book. Can you give me like five points from it? And she said, look, tapping is a really good thing to get you out of your head, just like whether you have your rings on or um, tapping the wall just to distract yourself. So I remember being in the shower and I just started tapping my fingers when I, when I thought I couldn't do it and I read somewhere else um, or on some something I heard actually it was a meditation I did um, 
beforehand I remember doing it in the bath like a few nights beforehand you know, and you're like thinking about the rows opening up and I'm like come on open up cervix <laughs> I was like practically writing letters to my cervix like to open up so um I heard on one of the tracks where the mind goes the body follows so I was like I heard that coming in to my head I can't do this and I was like no 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 you get out of my mind now and then um I got out of the bath or the shower and Katie said she thought I was going to pass out at that point. You- yeah, at one point you, when you were in the shower, your eyes were kind of rolling back in your head. Um, you kind of looked like you were going to faint. Yeah. And then I got out of the shower and I was like, you need to leave. <laughs> she was like, what's wrong? I was like, I need to go to the toilet. <laughs> you need to leave. So then I had to, I, it was very conveniently, there was a sink beside the toilet because I was getting sick and... It was a very, very sexy moment. I was like, oh, come on. The rest of the day isn't going to go very nice. So like, could you leave for a minute, please? <laughs> um, so then anyway, I came back out and I, like I laid it, I went back to the bed and I was, you know, all this like rest in between your contractions. I wasn't getting a second to even sit down and it was back up again. Like it literally didn't have a second. Um, so Katie went down to the midwife and she was like, here, you can take over now. Oh yeah, because at that point I was like, uh, Joe's definitely having the baby. Like this is this is it. Like this is the labor because it was really intense and it was pretty like close together as well. Um, so we were just in the ward. So I went back up to where the nurses said the midwives were, and I was like, um, do you think like you could just check on Joe? Like I think she's kind of having the baby, and they're like, oh yeah, she having contractions. That's great, and you know, just keep her comfortable. She's gonna be fine. And I was like, yeah, no, but could you check because I think the baby's like you know the yeah. baby's coming and they were a bit like oh we're gonna check her in the morning you know yeah. Katie was like the morning this was about three o'clock like, yeah or <laughs> earlier even too maybe and um, but anyway then they came down and they did the uh, blood pressure was it they did the blood pressure and, and then the scan. one of the student midwives started um tracking the contractions on my tummy and I thought like I'd never heard of this before and like she was like are you gonna get one now and I was like yeah how do you know and it was deadly like because you know you know, when you're having a contraction, you're like, is this really a contraction? Is or is this something or is this just the pre-labor? Um, but because she could feel it, I was it was just lovely that she could she was kind of exactly where I was and feeling it. And I was yeah. Feeling. Um, so then they're like, Yeah, okay, this is this is a big deal. So then actually, this Dr. Katie that I had done the sweep, you know, the week beforehand, um, came up and they not said, me, different person. Yeah, <laughs> she's not a doctor. Um, they decided to take out the the pessary because it was I was hyper stimulating so um they took it out and then they were like okay let's try and get a trace of the baby's heart and then they couldn't get a proper trace of his heart because it was was going up but they could it was going up in the contractions but it wasn't coming down quick enough so they were like okay we actually think we need to bring you down to the labor ward and break your waters and I was like oh damn it I was like could you give me a minute there um I just want to um can I just give me a minute just get my knickers on and um they were like and uh, no, where you're going, you don't need your knickers. <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> thank you. Um, and I was like, can I walk? You know, because I was like determined. I was like, I want to keep moving. Uh, and they were like, well, we'll see. You know, baby will determine whether you can walk down or not. And then they, the, the whole thing was happening with the heartbeat. So we were like, we're going to put you in a wheelchair. And I was like, okay, great, no problem. So they sat me into the wheelchair. And I thought, 
you know, Eeyore, you know, 20 minutes running down the hall, you know, the, the doors are going to swing open and then I'll be in the labor ward. It was literally next door. I was yeah, like, they literally oh, just went around the corner and then you go. <laughs> like, I was like, yeah. it's another room. I was full sure it was like a whole other part. It was of the just building. a room on yeah. the same corridor. Like, yeah, I was it? like, oh, we're here. Okay. Yeah, exactly. I remember actually not knowing where it was because at the time I was just so focused on like going with them wherever they were going. I was like, to go and then when I left I was like I don't know where, where I am, am I yeah <laughs> I don't know how I got here like I couldn't relate the two places to each other the yeah. delivery room was just like a a room suspended in time yeah. but they just like grabbed all they were like I was like what do I do I'll gather up the stuff and they were like no go go so they like sent me after the wheelchair and then they like grabbed all the Joe's stuff put it all in a white in a bin bag, bin bag. <laughs> With yellow yellow bin bags so they came in and they were like oh here's the stuff and they handed me this bin bag with like the shrine <laughs> all the lights and all and these like, the lights were all flickering in the bag <laughs> with like the little the rocks and like the cards and everything. affirmation very, cards it was very funny in hindsight but at the time it was like what the fuck <laughs> So anyway, we got to the labor board and it was lovely. And they did. Sorry, it was a delivery room, not the delivery room. room. Sorry, yes, it was the delivery room. And they, uh, it was really nice. It was lovely. And they actually do have a salt lamp in the delivery room, which is lovely. Um, And we met this lovely midwife and they were all so lovely and so calm. And they were like, okay, we're going to break your waters. And and then I was like, they said, oh, we're going to break your waters. And then we'll, um, then we'll put you on the drip. And I was like, the drip, can we, Mm. can we talk? after that and just see how I'm getting on I really wanted to just see how my body would because I had before they put the um prostaglandin in I had started dilating so things were were starting um so I asked good is there any way we could wait like an hour after you break my waters before we do anything else and they said yeah no problem we'll go first so then they broke my waters and then I think about 10 minutes in I was like what the hell <laughs> how long is this hour going to be like what the hell is going on um and they were still trying to get a trace of his heart and it was all just a bit like you know trying to get the trace on me and I was like could you give me a minute like it was just all a bit kind of fussy wasn't it do you remember that not really then I was like I need to poo I need to go to the bathroom now and they were like we're trying to get the trace I was like well I need to go to the bathroom so you can get your trace off me um and then they were like okay great they had it on me and it was on a kind of like a you know that drip trolley thing whatever you call it um so then I went off to the bathroom and Katie was kind of like following along with this thing it was in the room like it was in, yeah. in the corner and uh the ensuite you might call it <laughs> uh so I went to the bathroom and I was like well no, I don't actually have to go to the toilet and then um, they were still having trouble finding the trace. And I was like, well, I want to go. I have to go on my knees. <laughs> I was determined to like keep moving. And they were like trying to like, you know, move me. They'd hooked me up to. Um, you were on water. all fours on the bed. And the, your one was like at your tummy with the thing trying to like hold it up. Yeah. Trying to get heart. the trace. It, it was like strapped around, you know. And were you most comfortable that way? only for I wanted to just see if I would be if it would okay. be better um in that position if I feel a little bit better but I didn't and then it just <laughs> but they were all there was all because they had hooked me up to um had gotten sick twice so they were like okay we're going to give you um just a drip a water drip um so they were trying to like weave it around while <laughs> I turned around and got on my knees and then they're like does that feel better I was like no it doesn't. <laughs> so uh turn back around anyway and then um 
Oh, I forgot earlier on, actually, while I was in labor on the labor ward, we tried out the TENS machine and it made me get sick. Um, and then I don't know if it was that I also got two had two paracetamols that <laughs> could have been what made me sick. Um, but we also we had the acupressure needles. Katie put them all in and then she went to put them in my feet. And I was like, oh, God, no, I, like, don't put them in my feet. That that doesn't feel nice at all. But your fingers feel really nice. So um, that that's lovely. Do that again. So she was pushing her thumbs into my feet. And I was like, OK, that's great. That's great. Lovely. Brilliant. And then the next contraction would come and she'd do it again. So we were kind of in this kind of flow of like she would push her thumbs into my feet while I had the contraction and it was working really well. And I was like the feet, the feet, the feet, you know, when it was in the throes of it. Um, so then when we were in the labor war, sorry, the delivery suite, anytime I got a contraction, Katie would go down and put her thumbs in. And the midwives were just like amazed by this. So she was putting her thumbs in and then. Like I, I was definitely I was having like I don't even know what like they hadn't checked me in a while, right? Uh oh, it's hard to remember like this the sequence of like the timeline of out actually. Yeah, because at one point they went to check. They wanted to do they couldn't get the heart rate, the baby's heart rate. So they wanted to do like this um pinprick thing in the baby's head to do to the blood take test. a blood sample. Yeah. Um and they were like, Can we do this thing? Uh, and and they were like asking me to, for permission I think uh, like is it okay to do this thing and I was like do you yeah. need to do it and they were like yeah yeah we need to do it it's really important um, yes. you have to do this thing otherwise you know we can't get the we can't, we don't know if the baby's in distress and then if you know if the baby is in distress we might have to do a section get the baby out straight away and I was like okay just do the, the blood test thing so they had like this really really long needle and they were like going in to um take a blood sample from the baby's head and um, but when they when they went to do that they were like oh shit that's like baby's right five there. centimeters or like yeah. it was quite quite like advanced or whatever so they took the sample sent it off and it, they said it was going to be back in five minutes so it wasn't mm-hmm. a big deal um but i think in the meantime then it had progressed even more mm-hmm. yeah I but think anyway it was fine and they got the, the result that was fine yeah right. everything was fine because they were checking yeah. for it, whether there was enough oxygen going to the baby um so yeah I remember the midwife she like went down beside me she looked me in the eye and she was like we're going to do this test it takes five minutes to come back but it, the whole process is is one minute while we take it and it takes five minutes is that okay and I remember looking at her and being like what <laughs> are you talking about? Ask Katie. <laughs> like, so anyway, they the blood sample came back, and we were like, there was this was all kind of semi busy, I suppose. It wasn't like chaotic, but I was like in another world, and I was like, where's the gas and air? <laughs> yeah, one stage you were like, when can I get the gas and air? And they were like, oh shit, oh, yeah, sorry, you forgot that now. <laughs> they just had forgotten to like. Offer it because they were too busy with the heart yeah. monitor thing. So then they gave me the gas and air, and I was like, oh, this is great. And then one of the midwives was looking at Katie, and Katie was like, what, what? Because she hadn't done the thing I wanted her to do. She was doing the feed thing. And then I went like this. I made like a an action with my hand um, uh, to talk. Yeah. And uh, I, the girl, the midwife was like, she wants you to keep talking because Katie had been like saying all the affirmations over again. Like, you're so strong. I believe in you. You're amazing. Um, you know, like you can do hard things and, you know, it's just one more contraction and this, you know, every contraction is one step closer to our baby. And, um, and it was just amazing. And the, like the midwives were like, who are these two? <laughs> like, 
um so we yeah then it got to like the pushing part and like it really it was it just flew it so fast from there um like his head was coming out and then Katie came up to me and she was like oh my god his head is here and we didn't know what the sex of the baby was so but but she said he's coming I can see his head and all the midwives were like I thought you said you didn't know and it was like we knew we just knew in our heads it was sunny like um and even we knew he like we only had one name and the only name we had was sunny and like even you know when this some of the scans we got like looked like him they didn't look like you know some of them looked like little alien babies like and at the beginning he definitely did but then he really looked like himself in one of the later scans um so in the midst of all this kind of like all the busyness of it all um my mind kind of went a bit like I was just like I couldn't really kind of hear anything or see you know you're just in another world but I could hear my playlist in the background um because we had been listening to we made this playlist ages ago and we kind of put it on I would put it on in the mornings just when I'm getting ready um and then I was like I wanted to be so used to it so that I could you know it would feel comfortable when I was in labor and then I heard I heard it in the background it was kind of like a little anchor in the background which was deadly but there was a song that was coming on that I didn't like and I was so sick of it and I was like oh this song I'm so sick of it and then I was like okay this must be some kind of a sign like that you know I'm meant to hear this song right now and we're nearly there so uh then he came out and it was like straight up on the chest he latched on straight away but at the start remember we could see his head well yeah. I could see his head we could see his hair and how does that feel to see that? I'm so jealous. I would love to see to see a baby crowning. It was fucking insane. Like it was it was so insane. Like it, it's like like literally like you could just see kind of this curly hair. Yeah. And then and like, oh my God, it was the most mental thing. And then they were like they kept like repeating. Oh, they yeah. were like, keep going, keep going, keep going. And like they there was like one um midwife like right at the end she was like I guess catching him mm-hmm. like ready to catch him kind of um but they were just yeah. so good like they were just deadly um and then he just popped out like his whole head just came out and then his head was just like there there and it was like purple like yeah. just this tiny purple head it, it was, was huge though right well, like compared to the size of the baby, it was yeah, tiny. Yes, well, like, yeah. But compared to the hole, <laughs> it was your small. head. <laughs> compared to the hole, it was big. Well, it was smaller than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be the size of a whole baby. Yeah. Like it was a small head. Um, and then he just, the rest of them just kind of flew out and the yeah. midwife like caught him and the cord was kind of winded around him. So she kind of like unraveled that and then just threw him up on, on Joe's chest. And he was just, I was just like, he's here, he's here, he's here. And they were like, we haven't even checked yet. And I was like, it's him. It's him. Yeah. Um, yeah, fucking hell. Mad going back over it now. It's like, yeah. it was just, I was trying to figure out, like, I asked Katie yesterday, I was like, at what point was I in transition, you know? Because everyone talks about this, this moment. But I just, probably when you were getting thick about the playlist. Yeah. Oh, sorry, actually, before they took out the baby, the midwife, her name was Tara. She was like, sorry, I just need everyone to know that um, Katie is going to be the one that says the sex of the baby if you didn't get a chance to read the birth preferences. I was like, oh, I love you. Oh, wow. Really respecting your space. 
we were like what because <laughs> we obviously had written that like yeah months ago ages ago yeah yeah, yeah. we're like all oh, right okay yeah, yeah um and then afterwards she was like look I'm really sorry that like there was a couple of extra people in the room we just needed to get you know do this and this and this and I know that you didn't really want that in the first place so sorry about that and I was like thank you and she was like look you're you know you guys did so good like you're such an amazing team and they well were done. really incredible and so tell me how you felt when Sonny was put up on your chest it's like god how do you put that into words it's the most incredible like it was I was so relieved I was so relieved because there was moments of like you know with the, this trace and the heart rate and heart you know we can't get it it's very hard to kind of block that out you know, you can hear though, you can hear them talking in, in, you know, amongst you, even though I was kind of like out of it in another kind of zone. I was trying to zone them out as much as I could, but you do worry, you know, there, you do worry in those moments. But I was just, once I had him in my arms, I was like, it was almost like everything. It was, it, it's literally everything we've ever dreamed of. It was right there in our arms and everything we'd worked for, everything we thought about was just there. And he was just, we knew him like we knew him already. We got to know him 10 months ago. We'd be talking to him so much. Um, and he he's yeah, he was such a sound little fella. <laughs> he's still so sound. <laughs> but so he was lovely. exactly he was exactly like we knew he was going to be like I saw him and I was like, oh, that's him. Yeah. Like he was exactly the way I imagined he would be like he was just exactly that. Like Joe said like, something very similar actually when you were talking about up the toilet there was something very similar so that's killed here the same thing yeah, from both yeah, of you exactly the same like it was, it was like yep there he is. is so yeah that was what it was like when we had him in our arms and it yeah. was like oh here's all our family right here right now and and yeah it was just epic so as I said in the original recording, Joe and I actually spoke for about two hours. So there's definitely parts of our conversation that are unfinished and we will continue in the future. Joe is actually going to lead us through a gentle flow at the end of our event on the 2nd of September, which I'm really looking forward to. So that is it for this week. I will share a brand new episode with you on Monday. Enjoy the rest of your week. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.